You are listening to You Were Made for This, the podcast to help transform your relationships into the best they can be. Welcome to You Were Made for This. If you find yourself wanting more from your relationships, you've come to the right place. Here you'll discover practical principles you can use to experience the life-giving relationships you were made for. And now here's your host, John Sertalic. Hey, thank you, Carol. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to You Were Made for This. It's so good to be back here behind the microphone with the start of Season 4, just two days after Labor Day here in 2020. Oh, oh and Carol, Carol, that, that, thanks for bringing your family here to cheer us on today. Oh, it was just you they were cheering on. I, I, I didn't know. Well, regardless, in honor of Labor Day, today's show is about an important relationship principle found in the world of work. During my years in teaching and the business world, I interacted with lots of people who felt stuck in their jobs, where they found little satisfaction in their work. But I also interacted with people who found too much meaning in their careers, where their identity and purpose in life were wrapped up in what they did for a living. You know, neither extreme is healthy, and there's a better way to view our relationship with our jobs, careers, and the work we do, and that's the topic for today's show. This better way starts with this concept, namely, the job we hold is a means to an end, not an end unto itself. We run into problems when we live as though the opposite were true, where we view our job as an end unto itself. It creates all kinds of problems because other things suffer when our job becomes the most important thing in our life. Relationships suffer. How we spend our time suffers. We end up spending time at work and, our, and on our career, and we don't have time for other things that are, that are important. Now, there's nothing wrong with ambition, drive, and wanting to get ahead in our careers as long as it serves a greater purpose than feeding our ego and identity. In Christian circles, qualities of drive and ambition are often looked down upon. And I, I don't think there's a need to do that. Because when harnessed within a value system that pleases God, things like drive and ambition can be very admirable virtues. But this raises a question then. If our jobs and careers are a means to an end, what is that end that goes beyond earning money to pay our bills? Our job and the work we do is really nothing more than a tool that God uses to conform us more and more into His image so that we can better reflect His character in our relationships with others. Character qualities of God, like grace, patience, forgiveness, mercy, and all the qualities found in 1 Corinthians 13 are things that we can communicate to people by how we live and relate with them on the job. You know, 1 Corinthians 13 is so often uh, read at weddings. I, I think it should be read as part of new employee orientation. You know, love is patient, love is kind, love does not boast, things like that. What we do for a living is a training ground to hone our character in increasingly becoming the man or woman God created us to be, to more and more exhibit these qualities of God that I just mentioned 
and that we find in 1 Corinthians 13. But some of us may be in jobs that we hate, where we find no meaning in them whatsoever. I've had a few of those, and I bet you have too. But thankfully for me, I've only had them for uh, short periods of time. One thing that helps when we're in a job like this is to look at the job as God's assignment for us for that season of our life. Jobs like this can further our relationship with God as we demonstrate obedience to the assignment he has given us in a boring, dead-end job. Even in a job like this, God can use it to teach us all kinds of relationship lessons with others and with ourselves. Let me give you a couple of examples of relationship lessons that I learned in in my uh, work, in my career, various careers that I've had. I'll start with um, uh, my teaching job um, that I had right out of college. I was in my mid-20s and um, really enjoyed my my teaching job. I uh, taught uh, eighth and ninth grade when I began, and by the time I left, I was teaching uh, high school seniors, and uh, but I really liked uh, the middle school kids, eighth and ninth graders. Well, I remember one time in particular, this was early on in my teaching career, I, I was teaching eighth grade at the time, uh, we had uh, parent-teacher conferences set up, and the way they did it in those days at our school was um, in the evening we would have, uh, we'd go to the, all go to the gym, and there would be desks around the perimeter of the gym where the teachers sat. And then the parents would come and they would kind of line up um, behind the particular teacher they wanted to talk to. Well, in this particular parent-teacher conference, there was a couple that, um, it was going along fine, and and a couple uh, came up and identified themselves, and they told me the name of their student. And the minute they told me the name of this kid, uh, I just uh, cringed inside because he was a rather annoying child, to say the least. I don't remember his name. Uh, I just remember uh, the interaction I had with his parents. So they come and they want to hear how their how their son is doing in, in class, and this kid that I found rather annoying. And uh, so I started saying some, you know, po- the positive things that were true, I, I, I could say. And then they started asking me questions. And they started sharing the concern they had over their son. And the more they talked and the more questions that they had, uh, it, it melted my heart. And I thought, these people really love this kid. They love this kid that I find so annoying. And it really shifted my attitude with that, with that boy from that point on because just seeing the reaction of his parents just gave me a greater degree of, of patience and tolerance uh, because I saw the kindness of their uh, of his parents, and and after I was done with them, it wasn't a very long conversation, and they left. Uh, I, I even felt embarrassment that inside that I had uh, looked so unfavorably upon their kid, because you know this child has people that that love him, and it really changed my relationship with him from that point on with that student anyway. Um, you know, it, it just gave me a greater com- degree of compassion for him, greater patience on my end, and it really changed my relationship because I saw that he had relationships with other people that were very meaningful to him and that he was a meaningful part of their life. And the least I could do was to 
to nurture that child as much as I could as a, as a classroom teacher. So that's one example from the world of work where I really learned to exhibit more of the character qualities of God just by virtue of the parents uh, sharing with me how they felt about him. Well, the second example is uh, from my business career. And uh, I remember the time that I hired this uh, college graduate right out of school. His name was Brian. And the business I had, it was a recruiting business. The conventional wisdom in those days was never hire a college kid, a college graduate. They, they're just too uh, wet behind the ears. They're green. They don't know anything about the business world. They're inexperienced. They're gonna, only going to stay a few months and move on to something else. On and on and on it went. Well, anyway, um, I interviewed Brian. And because uh, I interviewed him, I ended up hiring him because of some little thing in his resume that we talked about. I, I asked him in the interview, how did, how did you put yourself through school? And he said, uh, well, I started a lawn mowing business. Oh, really? I said, a lawn mowing business. Tell me about that. And he went on to tell about he hired people. He got contracts from neighbors and family friends and you know, just went around town in this small town in, in the remote part of uh, northern Wisconsin. And he managed to earn enough money to, uh, to pay, pay his college. And I really liked that entrepreneurial spirit of him. And anyway, Brian turned out to be, I think, the best recruiter we ever had, this college graduate that everyone said don't hire. Well, Brian had a very uh, close family. Every now and then his parents uh, would, would come down to visit him. Early on, one time, I remember his dad stopped into the office. And his dad was, uh, he was about my age, and he, he was a teacher himself in, in this rural town in northern Wisconsin, Bayfield, Wisconsin, I think it was. And so he came in and into the office and wanted to see where Brian worked and uh, he wanted to meet me and we showed him around, just a really pleasant guy. And then um, as, he, as he started to walk out the door, he, he turned back and looked at me and said, hey, uh, I just want to thank you for hiring my son, uh, for giving him a job. And then he left. And I, the thing that struck me was, was uh, how much his dad loved him, how much his dad loved his son, and how grateful he was for uh, someone giving him uh, an opportunity, a job opportunity. Well, uh, I would have been a fool not to hire Brian because he was he was just excellent and uh, and based on his resume and his grade point average and his 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 drive and ambition. But the comment from his dad was that 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 changed how I viewed relationships at work was to realize, you know, everybody has a mother uh, that most likely loves their child. And if the mother, if there's a mother out there that loves her child, maybe I should, uh, maybe I should try to do that too. Not in, not in a motherly or parental way, but to really show their child some respect, to nurture them, to bring out the best in them. And I, I learned from that encounter with Brian's dad that I had been entrusted with a relationship that was very important to others besides myself. And it, it gave me a sense of responsibility to care for that relationship with Brian that wasn't just about me hiring someone 
to generate more sales and more profit for, for my company. It wasn't about that at all. It was, it was a much higher purpose that uh, I had an opportunity that God had placed before me to help this young man in the next step of the next chapter of his life that would allow him to become more the, the man that, that God had created him to be. And I learned that from Brian's dad. Just recently, oh, I think it's maybe within the last year, early in 2020, uh, Brian and I have, he, he ended up uh, moving to Minnesota. He got married. Um, and uh, we still stayed in contact with each other and we're on Facebook friends. Well, one day I noticed uh, on Facebook that his father had passed away. And uh, I was really saddened by that because he was such a great guy and I knew how close that family was. And so I just posted something on Facebook and I, I just retold that story to Brian about what his dad had said about, hey, thanks for giving my son a job. And uh, Brian said he had never heard that story. And I was just so glad that I had remembered that, uh, to share that, because even though it was years later, uh, I just got the sense that it, uh, that it was very meaningful to Brian uh, at the time of his dad's passing. Well, if you forget everything else, uh, here, here's the one thing that I hope you remember from today's episode, and it's this. Our job is a means to an end, not an end unto itself. It's an important relationship principle that makes celebrating Labor Day meaningful. The work we do is really a tool that God uses for a greater purpose in our life than simply to earn a living. Well, what can you do in response to uh, today's show? I think there are a couple things. One is to uh, just take some time to reflect on how you view your job. Ask God to show you some things about how you view work. Has your career become an end unto itself where you derive your identity from it? Or are you using your job as a means to an end that is greater than the actual work that you do? Ask yourself, how can I look at my relationships at work as part of God's larger story for my life that goes beyond earning a living? How can I give people I work with a picture of who God is by demonstrating some of his character qualities? Then ask God to give you the wisdom and strength to act upon what he has shown you. As always, another thing you can do is to let me and your fellow listeners know what resonated with you about today's episode. You can share your thoughts in the leave a reply box at the bottom of the show notes, or you can send them to me in an email to john at caringforothers.org. Well, in closing, I hope your thinking was stimulated by today's show to both reflect and to act so that you will find the joy that God intends for you through your relationships. Because after all, you were made for this. And now for our relationship quote of the week comes to us from C.S. Lewis, who said the following, The home is the ultimate career. All other careers exist for one purpose, and that is to support the ultimate career, the home. Huh, I find that really interesting. We can make a whole episode on that. But that's all for today. Anyway, uh, appreciate you listening, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye for now.